great future. We're talking real money. Look at that. Another day, another podcast. Wow. The hits just keep coming here on the Talking Real Money podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Don McDonald, and that's Tom over there in the Tom room. They got yeah, him locked in the Tom room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we can't go to the office because the waters are rising. <laughs> but um, flooded. Our <laughs> exactly. office flooded. Yeah, I know. It's sad to say. I, by the way, when I went in there to check on it to meet with FEMA about disaster relief, the uh, the guys working in there cleaning it all up, I go, did you find the money yet? Because no, we haven't broken up any walls open. I go, keep yeah, me posted. It's so. under it's under the rugs. You got to take the rugs yeah. up and then the concrete. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, the waters. There's the no waters. Money. There's no. Money. They are receding. No, we don't no keep there. anything there. There's nothing of any oh, value. That's my the good gosh. One. We forgot on yesterday's podcast to mention the big talking real money news, which is well, oh, that's we, right. We the have numbers. been we have been hosting our podcast on Simplecast since September of 2017. So doesn't sound very long ago. Well, we started it in 2014 on another service, but all the episodes didn't come over. So oh. we we're counting. We can only count since we've been on Simplecast. Since we've been on Simplecast in 2017, the Talking Real Money podcast has now, as of this week, this past weekend, been downloaded more than one million times. Which is astounding when you think about that, Boy, that because was it's not my mom, because my mom has been passed away since 2010. It's not my daughter, because she doesn't, <laughs> she absolutely she refuses hates, to listen to it. Hates our podcast. Yeah so, yeah, so it's all of you. So thank you for a million. It's like the McDonald's thing where they used to have thing mm-hmm. over one trillion served. Over was, one so. million downloaded. Wow. That's, that's really, that, thank and you. And I'm thank a McDonald's too. That's a good point. What, you what a, a little check every month. Or I'm something? telling you, that is ironic. Over one million irony, podcasts. We'll go with it. Over one million podcasts served by McDonald. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I think that's interesting. Very, very, very little, tiny bit. Hi, everyone. Uh, we're going to talk today about something that a lot of people do: react emotionally, do dumb things, sell when stocks are low and buy when stocks are high or any other security and the um the you, you sh- what you should do instead should you be selling into what people are calling now a bubble we have no clue what a bubble looks like none uh or should you be buying into this amazing market nobody knows the answer to that we do know that uh, it's generally harder for people to sell things after they've accumulated them than it is to buy. Uh, breaking up apparently is hard to do. And we see when we talk to you, when you want us to look at your portfolio, we generally see a series of ideas. People bought something, maybe you bought, I don't know, one of the Bitcoin things recently or GMC or, and, or what, Dogecoin, whatever oh. it was pitches trendy securities and then people have a tendency they, they want to stick them out right it, it, especially men more than women men have a tendency to be very rock-headed about all this i own that and it's gonna work i said it's gonna work <laughs> it's better work uh they have a tough time selling them our friend jason swag wrote about this last weekend and um the reality is what we're talking about, not necessarily cleaning up your portfolio, which I think you should do anyway, but rebalancing. This is a part. Of, this is it's so unfun. 
Well, and it's, it's so it's and it's fascinating because in that article, Jason talked about some work done at the University of Virginia that was used in a book uh, by Lighty Klotz called "Subtract: The Untapped Science mm-hmm. of Less." And they discovered an interesting behavioral quirk in people that we, when we're trying to balance something out, instead of taking away to rebalance, we tend to want to add that, you know, okay, well, I, I, I have, I don't, I, my portfolio is too, I have too few stocks. So instead of removing some bonds, I'm just going to add more stocks. They found that with Legos, with kids and Legos, they, they, kids naturally get it. If they want to get something level, they'll remove a Lego to make it go down, whereas adults overthink it and start adding Legos to make the other side go up. And I just found that fascinating. But apparently, they've seen what happens in my garage where one party does want to add things, and I'm always trying to subtract them, but that's a whole other story. You know, here's the thing I see. I'm not even touching that one. I wow, wouldn't Wow, that is, you, you need and some. We know she doesn't listen to this You show need anyway, some counseling, so it sounds like, over this issue. <laughs> it's little not bitterness. Pleasant. Yeah, because I'm always the one who ends up cleaning <laughs> yeah, all this stuff yeah. up and getting rid of it. You get the message. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes people... Build a portfolio and it's okay. They have the right mix of stocks and bonds, et cetera. Sometimes. Not but often. Then, not often, by the way. But then they forget that, as I, as I mentioned recently, you know, like some parts of the portfolio go up way fast, like U.S. small cap value has in the last year, when other parts haven't gone up nearly as much. And stocks now make up a way bigger piece of the portfolio than they should. They do not sell the stocks and buy bonds. Or last spring, they didn't sell bonds and buy stocks. And they asked me, by the way, what's the best way to do this? You could use a band approach. That's what we use for our clients. In other words, if you said, I want to be half in stocks, half in bonds, when when either has moved up or down by 5%, we're going to be selling or buying. Or might be easier just do it every year on your birthday or or holiday or something so you remember to do it annually. So are you telling me that now that my portfolio is more heavily invested in stocks than it was a year ago that I should be selling my stocks subtracting from my stocks and adding to those evil bonds, Tom? This is the toughest rebalancing portfolios counterintuitive as i mentioned unfun it takes discipline it takes control of your emotions but here's what it'll also do in your retirement it's a great way to to create income number two it will reduce risk if you let the parts that have gone up faster continue to do that you're out of sync and you're going to be taking more risk than you want and here's the other part that i really like It'll make you buy those things that have either gone down or didn't go up as much. You're buying the out of favor, the underperformer. You always want to buy those instead of the things that have gone way up. Well, what is the old adage about investing? Buy low, sell high. And what rebalancing does is automatically forces you to sell some of your winners, not all of them, and buy some of your losers. In essence, you're forcing yourself to do what you should be doing anyway buy low sell high and by the way and that's repeat if necessary is what i always say jason zweig who is one of the brighter investors out there he preaches index investing he preaches low cost he preaches behavioral control he wrote the book on behavioral finance and he even says in this column and i quote when it comes to investing 
I know that extra holdings keep getting barnacled onto my portfolio during every bull market, no matter how hard I try to simplify. In I other think words, that's well put. He succumbs. Yeah. Well, we have a, we all have a tendency to add. I mean, I was giving my wife a bad time, but if you came in my office, you could look around and see that I have a tendency to add things that I probably don't really have to have or need. And I love the idea, Don, that instead of adding to, to level things out, subtract them. That's really good. And good that's what he it. goes on to say. He goes, the question yeah. you should always ask yourself isn't, what should I buy? But rather, what should I buy or sell? In other words, try to streamline or rebalance your portfolio for most for, for the greatest efficiency and i know you don't like this expression but the time of year is here spring cleaning may be in order at this time yeah or summer cleaning or fall cleaning or winter cleaning <laughs> whichever seems i'm gonna head out prefer. to the garage now and see what i can do here so good luck and remember our phone number is 855-935-TALK or you can send questions in at talkingrealmoney.com again if you call 855-935-TALK you just leave your message literally like after the tone and we will use your question on a future podcast kind of like this hi i've been listening to the trm podcast for a few months now and have i think picked up a few uh, nubs of wisdom both of you seem to be pretty savvy at sharing important and useful information my wife and i are now retired with what seems like an adequate amount of savings to get us through our retirement years and then to leave money to some good causes and some family members. Despite having enough, after a lifelong habit of watching expenses and always shopping for value, I was surprised and a little alarmed to hear the two of you mention USAA's prices as being on the high side. I've been with USAA for some 45 years now and have only once or twice considered switching to another provider. Nevertheless, I did some poking around after hearing you two discuss the issue. First of all, Consumer Reports rates them at the top of their latest ratings uh, on the auto insurance side with premiums of five out of five, meaning customers are satisfied with their premiums. Then the website called The Zebra has a series of comparisons between USA and about every other possible auto insurance company there is. And in nearly every case, USA was a lower premium. The only exceptions I could find for were for high risk drivers. And maybe the two of you are high risk. I don't know. Regarding homeowners insurance, the NerdWallet website simply said average rates are below the national average. Finally, I get two bonuses a year from USA since it's a mutual uh, insurance company owned by the policyholders, a regular and a senior bonus, which reduces my cost significantly, maybe 15 to 20 percent, I'd say. I'm very reluctant to reach out and ask for quotes from other insurance companies. It seems that they've uh, they, they all ask for lots of information. I don't want to receive annoying sales calls, so I'm uh, unwilling to do that right now. I'll just say I think you two are absolutely blowing smoke on this issue. I don't think uh, I can accept what you're saying. I'm thinking you're comparing a high-quality outfit like USA to a low-quality company who you'd have trouble with if you ever had to file a claim. Don't tell me you haven't heard a few horror stories from people who have had to deal with companies allergic to providing anything like decent customer support. You're falling for the old, you're falling, I should say, for the oldest trick in the insurance books, comparing apples and oranges, or to put it more specifically, comparing a better than decent insurance company to one that would simply not be of much use when it would be most needed. Love to hear back from you on this. 
Thanks so much. Wow. Bye. He is well, we definitely down, passionate about USA. We went we went downhill. We started out with important and useful information. And yes, he complimented we did. us on it. By the end, we were, <laughs> wow, blasphemous. Uh, uh, here's the thing, okay? Because, first of all, what I was saying was what the point of the podcast was, and, and I know we focused on the insurance, is that you should be looking at all of those costs where you could compare something. I'm sorry if you have to deal with annoying salespeople. That's how stuff gets sold. Mm-hmm. You got to be strong enough to say, no, nah, I'm not interested or whatever. Don't call me, which I don't think they will. I, USAA is a very fine company. I've worked, I had worked with USAA for many decades. The reality was just looking at the comparison. And I think I already mentioned this, that mine's about half of what I was paying USAA. I got to tell you the same story. I mean, my, my wife and I have had USAA for three decades. Yeah. We had had, and, and guess what? I never did. In those three decades, I never made a comparison with anyone else. And then one day, I just thought, it's time. I mean, my USAA bill kept getting higher and higher and higher. And and a couple of years ago, I did not have a very pleasant claims experience with them. I did on the car, and it wasn't great on the house. And I will add to that, the, the claims aspect, because my personal take is, and I don't think I've had a claim in... So, and by the way, we're not high-risk drivers. At least no, I'm not. No, 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 no. I have an absolutely I'm kind perfect, of a scared guy. I have zero yeah. tickets, zero yeah, accidents. I'm like clean as a whistle. In a long time. So here's the thing about in terms of the claims. My guess is every insurance company is difficult on claims. This is what they do. They're, they're hard on you because that's probably how they save money. They don't pay out everything. Just here, go ahead and pay the bill. That's again. Please don't call me and tell me I'm wrong about USAA versus somebody else, because that's going to be an anecdotal experience. Right. I don't know. I just don't know. But the point of the podcast, I think, stands. That is, you should always be looking at alternatives. We all have a tendency to think about making more money, not generally so much about saving money. This turned out, by the way, two things in the last year that were remarkable. Number one was the refinance, which saved <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think probably still holds for a lot of people. Number two was I looked at a few of these costs, saved a lot of money on those. So I think it's a worthwhile exercise. I'm sorry that we annoyed you. No, here's the thing. I, and you know what? The, his call really hit me uh, when it comes to how emotional we all are about things we love. He loves USAA. He is passionate about USAA. I got to tell you, I was a huge USAA advocate. You know that, for example, I am an Apple evangelist. Mm -hmm. If Apple makes it, as far as I'm concerned, it's awesome. Even if they make me mad, they're okay. Uh, And I don't like Microsoft. It's emotional. People stick with their brokers because they have an emotional attachment to them, not because it's best for their money. And I have to tell you, I went with a highly rated insurance company, not a fly-by-nighter, a huge national firm with with a, a decent reputation. All firms have issues. I, could, I looked them up. They all have claims paying issues at times, as Tom said. But I literally saved on my homeowners and cars insurance thousands of dollars a year. I got to tell you... Th- it's. I'm not going to file enough claims over the rest of my life to make up for those thousands of dollars every year that I'm likely to save. I'm with you, by the way, something you've pointed out before, because you mentioned brokers. 
is uh, the emotional connection you have with USAA, not you, but the caller. I did what have price one. Are you, what price are you willing to pay that? I mean, in other words, like having a broker that where you're paying way more, but the guy's my friend. I love him. Nice guy. What? How much are you willing to pay for a friend? All <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, guy, all I'm saying $30, is $30,000 a year. Go Come online. On. You don't even have to go to an, a salesperson. Go online to a couple of the major firms that you see advertised on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are several of them that do online insurance. Put in your information. I get, Grab your current policy from whomever it is, State Farm, uh, uh, Allstate, any of them. Go online to some of the websites. Don't go to an all-lines insurance agent. Go to their websites. It's where you're going to get the best price because there's no commission involved or less commission. And just run a quote. That's what I did on several of the sites. And one company floated to the top and I went, I, I'm, am I missing something? No, I'm with you because I made sure, by the way, line by line that the comparison matched up. And when I talked, USAA was very insistent when you canceled the box. You have to call them, first of all. Oh, they do make Number canceling two, hard. Oh, and you had I had to go through, I think it was two people, and they went through it line by line with me and said, hmm, okay, seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, seems like a pretty good deal. So That's sorry. exactly what they told me. And by the way, we live at two opposite ends of the country. And I can tell you, my homeowner's insurance is ridiculously expensive well, uh, Florida. because I live in Florida, and yeah. I, I just can't believe how much money I saved. I mean, I sound like a commercial. That's why I'm not giving you the name of the company I went to, but I can't believe how much money I saved. So we thank you for the call, and by the way, thank you for calling us important and useful. We'll stick with that quote rather than the latter stuff, because it got kind of difficult towards the end. And remember, call us anytime at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, or leave your questions and comments at TalkingRealMoney.com. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. Please go out and spread the word. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, leave us. Oh, oh, before I go. Over the weekend, two awesome reviews. Thank you guys for putting in those reviews. Thank you very much. And Million please do that served. at Apple Let's make Podcasts. It two. What do you say? By next weekend. Okay. Yeah, another million. We start do downloading a lot. Yeah. I'm going to okay. just start clicking. See ya. Thanks for being there. I'm Don. That's Tom. We're sitting around all the time talking real money. Talking real money. That the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.